from legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode or go to ipswichtoday.com.au. Coming up, another yarn over the back fence with Walter Williams and Ashley Mack, this month with special guest, local stand-up comedian, Darren Hallisey. Also on the show, what's happening with Motorland at Tivoli? Will the new Springfield Central AFL Stadium pass its first test? Flood buybacks? Population growth? And when did Christmas lights become a thing? It's Monday, November 21, 2022, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Walter Williams has called Ipswich home for 31 years and you know his voice on many TV and radio ads. He was previously heard on QFM, Star River, 4BC, who knows where else. Welcome, Walt. Thank you, mate. Yes, you've heard me before. <laughs> Ashley Mack was born in Ipswich and growing up in Ebervale, he claims didn't affect him very much at all. He was the first voice on QFM in 1990. He's still a media tart and owns a small business. Welcome, Ash. Mate, great to be here. And it's another Over the Back Fence, the November edition, and we're going to do something we've only done once or twice before. We invite a guest on the telephone and we're going to kick it off by welcoming Darren Hallisey to the show. Welcome, Darren. G'day guys, how are you going? I've got Darren on the phone to talk about live theatre, especially comedy, because on Friday night, last Friday night, he was on stage at Stitch in the Switch. How was the show, Darren? The show went really well. It's the first time I've done stand-up for over seven years, to be honest. And uh, the organiser of the show, um, I did a story on him quite a while ago when he was running a, a comedy workshop in Ipswich, which was attended very well. And he said he had some spots coming up. So I thought, why not? I'll give it another crack. And uh, it's like riding a bicycle, to be honest. You, once you once you get it in your blood, you can just jump up there and do it again. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Fantastic. What's the current state of live comedy in Ipswich? And I'll ask uh, Walt Nash to ask a couple of questions as well, but what's, what's the current state of live comedy here? Well, at the moment, we've got um, Stitch and the Switch, which happens at the Civic Centre once a month, and they're, they're, they really are getting some good comics there. Uh, Mel Buttle has appeared there a few times. She's now a local. Um, but there's always an, an open spot space for anyone who wants to have a crack and take that first spot. You just need five minutes of good material. Just go up and have a go. But there's also um, uh, one of the best-kept secrets in it, which is there's a live co- live comedy show every Tuesday at CSI over near Riverlink. Mm-hmm. Uh, every Tuesday night, they have um, uh, free live comedy, and it's totally free. You can go along see some amateur acts see some professionals and I've, I've been to a couple of those and they're pretty good but i don't know why for some reason ipswich has never really had a dedicated comedy space in ipswich i mean we have him we have him in brisbane lots of lots of pubs have got reputations there's open mic nights every night of the week there's a sit-down comedy club but for some reason ipswich has just never managed to crack a mm. dedicated comedy room and I, I i don't know why that is i mean ipswich, it might be because you have to have the size of footballs to get up on stage in front of those people, mate. I really admire you. You and your brother are very, very funny people, though. <laughs> well, I don't know, but don't know about the uh, about the size of that. But um, yeah, look, it's just it's just something I really enjoy doing because for many years I I I started doing it when I was about twenty one, and I I started doing it at the Comedy Store in Sydney on in uh, Amateur Night every Wednesday. 
And mm. some of the guys who were there with me, we're talking Jamone, Akmal, Adam Hills, all the guys I did it with, they've all gone on to have massive careers. But my problem was I would get so nervous and overthink it that I would, I would vomit before I went on and I'd vomit when I came off. And after a few, after a few months of this, I thought, why am I doing this? I thought, this, this mm. is no way to do it. And I gave it up for 20-odd years because I just couldn't get over the nerves. Mm. But then I was, I, I was actually... Um, interviewing Adam Hills out of interest when I was a journalist and he I told him this story and he he remembered me from those days and he said go and do a stand-up course so I actually found a stand-up course in Brisbane and that taught me how to get up on not only to write material which can be short and punchy but also how to get up on stage and look every person in the eye and have no fear of holding that microphone and talking in front of an audience and I've I, I MC weddings I've, I've, I've emceed events in Ipswich I've actually gotten there in front of up to 3,000 people and just and just made stuff up on the spot. And once you get that gift, it is a wonderful thing because the big, number one fear of most people is talking in public. I think you'll you'll all back me up here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but um, you know, once you get over that fear, it's 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 gone forever and it's just a wonderful thing. So any chance I get to get a mic and just get up and tell some jokes and entertain people, you can count me in. Ash, are you I waiting did, did. to uh, get on stage? No, no. <laughs> what I was going to say is, it's a funny thing, and it, people who I respect got me over my stage fright by telling me if I didn't have the stage fright, it just meant that I didn't care, right? Stage fright means you care about what sort of job you're going to do. So, it, like, if you're going on stage without some form of stage fright, you're not doing it right. Walt, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Absolutely true. Yeah, you've got to have some butterflies. I don't know about throwing up every time, Darren. <laughs> that sounds a little severe, but, you know, it could help with the weight problem. So it wins <laughs> where I'm after listening to my radio show. <laughs> but I've done MC work for years, and, and I find that easy. And you, you can crack gags and stuff. But like Ashley said, actually standing up and doing a five-minute set or, or beyond is something I haven't tried yet. But maybe I will next year. Oh, geez. I would yeah, be because of the material you've been posting on Facebook. Yeah, I would be petrified yeah. <laughs> being introduced. I, I think the big weight on the shoulders would be being introduced as a stand-up yeah. comic. I, I, I think yeah. I'd fail miserably on that one. Yeah, and Anthony <laughs> Lamont, the man who MCs the shows that we're Darren's talking about, yeah. uh, actually conducted a course at the beginning of this year in Ipswich, uh, of which the graduates have all been each month performing on stage as part of Stitch in the Switch. They've been the opening act. And, yeah, which has been brilliant. And and like Darren also mentioned, I've been over to uh, CSI um, in Miami and also in Ipswich, and... Uh, <laughs> They have a terrific. Just joke. You, your yeah, jokes are so. Old, they're old jokes. <laughs> they have a terrific open mic night, and and a couple of um, professionals get up as well. So that's that's another avenue for for anyone who thinks they can tell a gag. Oh, interesting. All right, Darren. Look, we'll wrap it up in a sec. But while we've got you, uh, being the number one Lions fan and also a regular contributor in the past to Kelly Higgins Divine on uh, ABC Radio Brisbane, <laughs> yeah. what are your thoughts? on the AFLW Grand Final being held at the new stadium as the as the debut game for the stadium. Is it going to work? Well, my biggest concern is the turf was only laid two weeks ago. Mm. Now, um, my 
My biggest question is, this is a grand final. Why on earth could it not be held at the Gabba? Because we're, I, I know we're in cricket season, but surely they could play one game and still protect the wicket. What is so sacred about the wicket at the Gabba? I, I, I don't understand. How often are we going to get this chance again to have a grand final at the Gabba? So we're holding it at mm. a stadium, which is which is great for Ipswich, but they've never held an event there. It's never been open. I just have a big fear that it's going to be a bit of a shambles for people to get in, and I'm sure they're going to fill it easily very yes. easily because mm. um, oh. tickets are going to go very quickly they're saying it's only 18,000 tickets I do have concerns about how it's all going to run and also because the turf is so fresh the Lions are going to lose any home ground advantage because they've never played on that ground as well you know um, it is what it is this is a situation we're in it's nearly summer we're in cricket season and and cricket grounds are reluctant to give up give up their, their sacred turf so I guess we just got to make the best of it and, and hope the Lions will win How long did you say the turf's been down Darren? Two weeks To my understanding I think it's been two or three weeks because I did I, I did see it on Facebook when they were um, the Springfield Arena has been placing you know regular updates mm. and I'm sure I saw it, it was definitely within a month the turf is down and it's all it's all you know we're, we're ready to go but surely turf needs needs more time yeah. than that to settle and it's been nice and hot been nice and hot too so yeah it, it mm. will be a challenge and thanks for joining us on uh, over the back fence on Ipswich today all right thanks guys all the best catch you soon thank you and yeah. talking stitch in the switch there Alan the next comedy night the last one for this year is on the Friday the 16th of December and uh, Anthony Lamont back emceeing Kel mm-hmm. uh, Belnaves and Aaron Grox are going to be the main acts okay let's move on to other subjects now we're action packed this month what's happening at Tivoli with Motorland question mark well it has gone all very quiet since flood damaged the track uh, earlier this year and there has been some uh, stories about this more recently in the Ipswich Tribune. Ashley is our local correspondent to the Chuar district. Ashley, what have you heard? In- interesting thing. You sent a note saying we were going to chat about this, and lo and behold, this morning on Facebook, one of the Facebook groups I'm in, up comes a post, Who's uh, what's going on at Motorland because there's machinery noise coming from there. Ah. So they're, they're actually working on there this morning. And I'm not too sure whether it's uh, getting it ready for the, 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 motor, the motocross uh, crew or next door doing his bit. That's very interesting because there's been, uh, according to the Ipswich Tribune, uh, Pastor Fred at the Tivoli Drive-Ins interested in buying the land but allegedly hasn't had a conversation with the owners Motorcycling Queensland yet. There's also a separate motorcycle club, I think, is interested in... Uh, getting back in there and and uh, doing some motocross, and then of course there's the Motorland Group. Mm. I believe Motorland Group have actually pulled the pin, mm. um, and Fred had put out a, a note on the Facebook groups again a couple of weeks ago, saying he was having a little get together on a Tuesday night where most people couldn't go, and was going to put out his aspirations for the the addresses. And I think one was uh, Motorland, and the other one was the the guy with the goats next door. No, seriously, and he was. Uh, but he, no matter what I did when I sent notes back, I couldn't get him to tell me what was going on. Mm. You, uh, you could only find out if you went along to his his little meeting. All right. Well, I'm sure residents nearby will be interested. But do you think there's any value in them revisiting the the subdivision idea? I thought that wasn't a bad option for the land, really. Well, I think it should be either that or a uh, high school would be really appreciated out here. Even yeah. more, yeah. even more radical thinking. I like it. Yeah. Wow. Mm. But but would you put it in a, a, a floodplain? 
I don't think it is a floodplain. No, plane. no, it's not a floodplain. I think well, it was. It's, it's a, it's but a there, was, there, was, there was damage after the, the rain. Yeah, in that April. was just from the heavy rain, I think, Walt. I don't yeah, think running it, into that little yeah. Sandy Creek. I think a lot of the dirt went in Sandy Creek. But, I don't think it um, went underwater. As once, such. once upon a time, that that where they built all those new houses was set aside for a high school. Then they um, got rid of that and did a, a development there. Maybe the Motorland place would be a good spot for a high school because mm. we'll need one here in, in the future. Yeah. A lot of the complaints that have been addressed towards this motorland thing is is the noise the dust the soil the sediment all of that right mm. you know you know what they haven't thought about is oh. extreme electric scooters and bicycles racing around there there's mm. going to be no noise way better for the environment so quiet mm. no pollution and this is a this is a growing um, sporting sector you're out in you're, front Walt you're leading the pack there with that idea Mm. Here's, an interesting, here's an interesting one for you all. One of the people who was complaining about the noise mm. is known to be deaf. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> thought that was interesting. Okay. Go on. I forgot to mention something while we had uh, Darren on the phone mm-hmm. with us, guys, and that is the, the Springfield Central AFL Stadium is actually in Springfield Central, not Springfield. And I think I've raised this once before on the show with incorrect place names and Strangers to the area are going to end up going to the wrong suburb saying, where is the stadium? No, I know you're a a stickler for names, but you're right. (laughs) It won't be in the GPS of Springfield. It'll be in the GPS of Springfield Central. Same as Orion Shopping Centre, same as the university. Well, that's funny. I always thought that the university and the shopping centre are in Springfield. No, Springfield Central. No, Springfield Central. Mm -hmm. And hence that's why the train station is called Springfield Central. Well, I'll be, I didn't know that. There you go. Just yeah. you learn oh, by something. the way, have you ever have you ever been in the car on the road beside the trains running along that line? Uh, not it's recently. If you are doing hundred k's, they just go straight past. I don't know how oh. fast they get up to, but they who great engineering. Who who would have thought that narrow gauge trains at three foot six would ever be going over eighty kilometres an hour? Well, there you go. See the the, exactly. tilt, the tilt train broke that barrier. I want to do a shout out now to Rita Langer. 50 years volunteering at Blair State School Tuck Shop. Can you believe that, men? 50 years. Hang on. How old is she? 87. I think I made a mistake the other day when I was guesting on 4BC with Spencer House, and I think I said early 80s. I was wrong. 87. Good How many green buns has she sold? Oh, thousands. <laughs> Do you think it's some kind of record in tuck shop circles? It'd have to be. Mm. Yeah, get in touch with Guinness. <laughs> I can remember some tuck shop prices and my favourite items in the tuck shop were uh, savoury mince rolls made on site and I think they were 10 cents. Yeah, I'm fine. Oh. What was your Your mum would give you a, a paper bag <laughs> yes. written on what you could have and it would be like a sandwich and a cream bun and if you could forge it, you'd sort of write on it, I'd also such and such. Bad boy. Yeah, bad boy. You get change out of a dollar. (laughs) Get change out of 20 cents. Yeah, exactly. Okay, something more serious, and it's uh, something that's ongoing the flood buybacks, the Resilient Homes Fund. Walt, you're our flood correspondent, as I've mentioned in uh, previous episodes. What's happening? Well, how long is a piece of string, Alan? Mm, Very long (laughs) sometimes. We were told two months ago that we would have some result within six weeks. We're still waiting. Uh, we still don't know what's going on. But I, t- I can tell you this, and I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but uh, I have this on fairly good authority. QRA is doing lots of buybacks, as you, you and I know. Uh, good, good on them because they 
gone ham it. Mm. Um, but I also heard in Hurston, a home getting a buyback price. That when it was bought, it was only worth eight hundred thousand a few years back. Now they're giving them one point two million. So they certainly fair prices that they're giving. Mm. But I don't know if there'll be anything left for us <laughs> by the time they've given all the millionaires in Hurston their money. Yeah, well, it's interesting because there was a big point made when the scheme was announced that they would be using valuations that mm. predated the floods earlier mm. this year. So it sounds like they are doing that if you're mentioning, mm. you know, million-dollar-plus price tags in yeah. that area. And then this person in question apparently is arguing the toss over 1.2, and their friends are saying, take the money. Yes. Get out. Don't be greedy, folks. Talk so here's yours going. Do you think when, do you, what are you, are you, are you optimistic, Walter? No, no. It'd be nice, uh, but you know, we're so isolated. I don't think anyone gives a damn. But it was interesting. Our flood insurance was up for renewal uh, this month. We got the paperwork from Allianz, and it said December six renewal, and uh, almost triple what you're currently paying. Whoa. So it's it's going from six point five to eighteen thousand dollars per annum. Wow. Ooh, we've Walter. changed insurance companies. Yeah, I'm we sure had you have. to. I can't afford eighteen thousand dollars worth of insurance. But the point is, and I think there's going to be a lot of other people in this boat mm. uh, that are going to get ridiculous insurance policy premiums hikes. Um, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to just go, no, I can't afford it anymore. So there, so come the next flood, there's going to be even more people who will have their hands up going. I was uninsured instead of being insured and protected against any potential flood damage, etc. You know how insurance came about, don't you? Mm-hmm. What they used, the, originally, insurance came about because guys who would sail boats of, of cargo said, hang on, we've got to spread our losses if one of them sinks. So they'd yeah. have six boats and put a sixth of the cargo in each boat. And that way, if one of them sunk, they only lost a sixth of it. That's how insurance started. That was the first insurance. Now, the idea is to spread. Now, if you spread everybody, if everybody paid for the insurance and spread it across, it would reduce it for you. It would probably only add a little bit for me. Mm. And that that would save a lot of hassles. Mm. Well, that, you know, what they're, they're saying to you is they're trying to get rid of any way they could lo- lose money. Of course they are. <laughs> well, the high-risk ones, obviously. Anyone. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. By the way, while we're talking flooding, I noticed I did a drive on the weekend out to um, Brookfield, and on the way I went through Colleges Crossing. And it is still one of the forgotten places of the 2022 flooding. Six-plus months later, it's all fenced up still, same as Riverheart Parkland. So what is happening in Ipswich? I've got some breaking news on Bob Gamble Park for you, Walter. Please. Allegedly, it's open from today. We're recording this on the 21st of November, and allegedly it's open today. Okay, I'll believe it when I see the fences are down. <laughs> Meantime, I'm calling it the Ungreat Wall of Ipswich. <laughs> Let's talk population growth because that puts pressure on where you can build houses and we don't want any more built on floodplains. Council, Ipswich City Council that is, is claiming Brisbane will run out of land to build new homes in about three years. That's a bit of a scary that, thought. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hang on, is that, does that mean 
Brisbane's going to run out of land that's suitable to build on that has infrastructure that's already there? Or is it just saying, well, we've only got this much prepared? I don't have the fine print there, Ash, but it's a pretty big claim that Brisbane will run out of land to build new homes in about three years. Uh, That's, of course, if they don't want to knock down any more trees and start some greenfield subdivisions, I guess. But is this good or bad news for Ipswich? Because, as you know, guys, that we've got stacks of land that's been earmarked for development, the Ripley Valley Priority Development Area, going gangbusters. In fact, in the last quarter, it uh, was the top suburb for new dwellings across Ipswich, and it will continue to be so for some time, I think. So is it good or bad news for Ipswich that Brisbane runs out of places to build new homes? The more people playing rate, paying rates, the better, because the more money that comes in, the better. And the quicker we get colleges crossing and, and River Hard Park <laughs> fixed up. <laughs> but I think we've got to have the, the infrastructure in place if we're going to have that kind of growth, because mm. I, I heard the um, we're, we're so close to the quarter of a million people mark now in Ipswich City as, a, as of the last uh, quarter that um, we've got a lot of people and uh, the infrastructure just doesn't match up with the amount of people we have. Yes, you're not wrong, Walt, that uh, it's getting very close to 250,000. That's a lot of sewage, isn't it? It is a lot of sewage. (laughs) You think about (laughs) it. That's just for you to take us straight to the toilet. No, I'm just thinking that's a lot of sewage you've got to sort out. But it is a practical thing you've got to think about. By the way, while we're on things like that, can Mm. I teach you guys oh, we worked out a really good trick this morning at five this morning my wife kicked me out of bed and said just listen for it and my job was to listen for the garbage man right, right. And work out which direction it was coming from you ever had those weeks where you've got too much garbage to go on your bin no no <laughs> we, we do we, we, we have a lot of garbage anyway so what i did was i i, I listened i listened and listened and then i went out and i worked he was coming and i worked out which way he was coming down one side of the street so i took my bin across put it on that side he emptied it then i dragged it inside put the rest of the rubbish in and put it on my side <laughs> i got my bin emptied twice this morning that You're is a, a secret boy. you probably don't want to share ashley Mac. okay <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Ashley Mack is not the Messiah. He's just a very naughty boy. Oh, yes. <laughs> Let's finish it with some fun. Not that we haven't had it already uh, in today's episode. <laughs> Christmas lights. I want to know when Christmas lights became a thing because I don't remember people mm. going decorating their houses as a kid. Just one lonely tree in the house. When did Christmas lights well, become can, a thing? Can Can I pick up on that because? Yeah. I, re- I remember back to National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation when that movie came out with Chevy Chase, right? So that's the reason. They put it together and they don't work. Yes. <laughs> they, that's right. They didn't work. But I remember watching that movie and thinking, we don't do that in Australia. No. And this was 1989 and we still weren't, not to the extent it is now, maybe a handful of people throughout Australia were putting lights on the house, but... It's a thing in America back in the 80s, whereas I think it took us probably till um, maybe 30 years ago, the yeah. 90s, mm. before yeah, before Australia got on board with this whole Christmas lights uh, on, competition thing. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> Everything's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy by Bunnings and Aldi to sell those bloody awful little lights. 
<laughs> Have you ever noticed? Once upon a time, that wasn't there. Now there's huge piles of them. Pallets oh, of them. Yeah. <laughs> and where do you store all that stuff when it's not Christmas? Exactly. In your own full shed. That's where you store it. One good thing that did come out this year is we bought a new Christmas tree, and actually the lights are built in. Oh, so when oh you, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you take good. it out and you plug it in there, it's all done again. And you yeah. don't have the problem of the broken bulb, so the rest it, of it doesn't work. Famous last words. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that. I want to finish up by just mentioning that the Ipswich Christmas Lights competition is open right now, so we'll have the handy link in the show notes for that. With the festive spirit in the air, thank you, Ash. Thank you, Walt, for joining Over the Back Fence on Ipswich today. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, lads. And a reminder to look for handy links in the show notes. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the Donate button on the homepage to make a payment through PayPal. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio and Amazon Music. Or play Ipswich Today on smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.